Hi, I'm Gwen. And I'm Jim, and welcome to the Backstage Show. And thank you for joining us. Uh, we had a little bit of a break, but we're back. Well rested and ready to go. I don't know about that. I'm kind of tired. Yeah, anyway. I am too. But regardless, we're back. <laughs> I'm not jet lagged, at least. <laughs> yes. So we're back. We have another guest with us today. We are going to be spending at least this episode focusing on another highlighting, showcasing another local area theater. That would be Barley Sheaf Players based in Lionville, Pennsylvania, which is a little over 30 miles west of Philadelphia. And it's a theater that Glenn has mentioned a number of times. Yes, that's kind of my go-to theater, my, my home theater, if you will. So most of what I've done in the last, oh, I don't know, 10 years or so has probably been there. I've directed six shows there now, I think. I've lost count. Yeah, and acted in more than that. So anywho, uh, we have with us today Keith Chamberlain, who is the current vice president at Barley Sheaf Players. Welcome, Keith. Good evening, guys. How are you? We're fine. Thank you for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. And hopefully you're not jet lagged either. No, not jet lagged. Because <laughs> you were actually on a plane today. <laughs> all in the East Coast, all in the Eastern. That's time good. Zone. All good. All good. Excellent. So where right. do you want to start? So, yeah, uh, you want well, to talk about Barley Sheep. First I mean, off, no uh, I guess congratulations on becoming vice president. Oh, thanks. We have a pretty active and engaged board of directors, and so mm -hmm. I've been on the board now. This is my second year. So, okay. Yeah. Did we overlap a year? I'm trying to remember. No, you came in when I left. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I was on the board for a couple of years as corresponding secretary. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So how does that work as far as do you automatically become president the following year? No. Oh. No, that okay. is not indeed the case. But the vice president is sort of a position that is a catch-all. So there's the corresponding secretary, there's a recording secretary, keeps all the notes, of course, president that runs the meetings on like we have a finance person and all that but the vice president sort of just gets involved to provide expertise and insert themselves where projects are needed and to be supportive so we have a membership director uh, as well and again a couple at large folks we have a groundskeeper person who takes care of all our facilities and so yeah that's it's a little bit of everything a little bit of everything so i get to put my fingers in a variety of camps at the barley sheep which is fun keeps it interesting yeah lots of people lots of stuff needed to keep the place running absolutely yeah. now speaking of the place if you wouldn't mind as i came to learn from the website the theater has reached 50 seasons as of this past season so i guess going into the 51st now that's right we just so finished. quite a history yeah yeah we just finished our 50th season which was really a really exciting What's the word I'm looking for? It's exciting. We've, Extravaganza. Yeah, we made it. You know, 50 years is a long time for community Achievement. Theater. Milestone. Yeah, milestone. That's the word I'm looking for. So it's it slipped me. It's because I'm jet lagged. So that's why. Yeah, you know, yes. And and so, yeah, the, the, the theater had a great year. And what was uh, a little bit of back, background about the theater. It started in the 1960s, the Westchester Players and the Barley Sheaf Players, which was in Coatesville. And, right. of course, the Westchester Players were in Westchester. They got together and they, they merged because the two groups, it was kind of funny. The Westchester group had members but no money. And the Barley Sheaf folks had money but no members. Mm -hmm. So they came together and they formed what was then the Westchester and Barley Sheaf Players. And that was again. What year was that? That was in the late 60s. I don't have okay. the exact date. It's pretty early on. But let's see. If we rewind 51 years, we'll probably land there. there. So again, I didn't bring my calculator. So <laughs> your audience can do that for you. So when they I merged. Think that would be 1967, Wink. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Circle gets the square. 
ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so they did three shows a year, and they had this sort of traveling children show. And they didn't have a home. They just kind of were nomads, and they just rented spaces and wherever they could put on their productions. So, right. and and it, any adult show that made any money, of course, was a real big reason to celebrate. And uh, butterflies are free, which was a, a production that they put on, netted about three bucks. So, so they're, oh, they're wow. rolling in the money in the black. Right? <laughs> Later on in the '70s, about 27 founding members scraped together all the money they could, and they actually bought the permanent home that we now have in Lionville, and it's called. Odd Fellows Hall, which mm-hmm. I only just learned, as I was <laughs> saying before we started this uh, episode. It's I only a, just learned it actually has a name. Yeah, yep. yeah. It may, most people don't know the name. It's yeah. it's ironic. It's kind of just it's a well known old building. It's an old structure. It sort of has historic. It's historic. I was gonna say it has uh, historic. It's listed, right? Yep. Yeah. We can't do a whole lot of to the stuff on the outside of the building. Whenever we have to do right. anything, we always have to get permits up and down, all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Because again, it's an historic building in, in the neighborhood that it's in. But, it's a, it's like in a stretch of what three or four similar houses similar yeah i mean those are actually residential and there are people living there right i mean actually i think one of them is currently available oh wow for (laughs) sale i think they're they're selling or renting an apartment right next door and the barn as well that's behind it well let's hope it's not like anything like the original odd fellows hall that we acquired because the, Mm -hmm. the building was in such tough shape that literally it had no running water and it had such little electricity powering through the thing, you couldn't run but two lights at a time, and that would be it. It wow. just didn't have enough juice to power more than two two theater lights, right? That's yeah. that, it was pretty tough stuff. There's been a lot of renovations over the year and yeah. a lot more needed. <laughs> yes, and they just got a new deck recently. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the attic actually is undergoing a major situation now because it's uh, our prop room and costume. So anyway, there's a whole lot going on in the attic. But there's been a whole lot of, of green room upgrades right. and, and installation of so actually that was done recently. Yeah, really. That's done, in the basement. Then the right. basement. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So the basic structure, you like walk in on the main floor. You've got like a, a hallway, I guess, is where you enter in. I mean, you can't really call it a foyer. Right. And you've got stairs up uh, off to the left that lead up to the attic where all the storage is. To the right is your box office. And then you, you walk in and enter the theater. And then there's another stairway once you're in the main part of the theater that would lead down to the, the green room. And right. The and the rooms. booth. The booth is like off of that. slightly raised yeah. off, the, off the main floor. Right. Slightly. Yeah. slightly. <laughs> if, if you're good with a step stool, you can get into the left. Yeah. 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 So. All right. I forgot how much off the. Yeah. It's it like was. a little ladder there, right? Yeah. It's just a great old building, and actually, it's got a lot of charm, a lot of character to it, mm-hmm. but, and it's been very creatively, again, turned into an, an operating theater. Yeah. So it, it's a neat space by all accounts, and and it just. It, it's again constantly needing a lot of renovations and upgrades because it's it's old. And well, it, the the attic ceiling at this point is is falling down. I, yeah, that, that's really the big thing now. Is that uh, it's an old building and it's a, it's a plaster ceiling there, right? Yeah. So yeah. and and over the years the plaster has deteriorated and it's starting to, to fall down on top of the the, the props and the costumes, the costumes and, and everything all is getting that. covered. Oh, yeah. So that's their so they're talking about now. the ceiling above the above second the story. Attic. I mean the, the roof. <laughs> The, the the bottom half of the roof. Oh, it's right. really there's no there's no ceiling per se in the attic. It's it's just the bottom of the roof, right? Right. right. It's but, just plastered inside. Right. But the, no one's in any danger when they see production. I'll just no make no sure. no. It's <laughs> just it's uh, just plaster it's coming just, down. It's, it's just peeling away. That. Disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Making just making sure. Exactly. Now is the plan to to uh, I mean once the money's raised uh, is the plan to replaster it to put up drywall and redo it? I, I think what they're trying to do, Glenn, is they're looking to do the ladder drywall it you know put up all mm-hmm. the new uh, finishing and actually 
some air conditioning because a lot of times the musicals use the yeah. upstairs attic as the pit. So the band, oh. the band will be up there sweating on a hot summer day. I thought it technically, it technically is air conditioned, isn't it? Or well, just not work? I'm gonna go on the ladder. Maybe <laughs> yeah. it's just not working. So it, they, because it is again old building and right. the ceiling, the heat comes in. It's just not well insulated. Even if, and all that. So yeah, anyway. it's just and hot air rises anyway. Right. As I recall, there was a way to. If I'm thinking right theater, there was a way to raise and lower the flats winch, and the things. The winch lift. Yes. Yes, it's got From this, the stage up to the attic. Exactly. It's got this great sort of trap door thing in the attic floor, and that's uh, the wind, there's a winch and pulley system that you can actually yeah, bring up all the, the floors, the, the flats, anything you need, yeah. big props. It's been used for folks that needed to float a little bit across mm-hmm. the stage at times. Was there, there was like an, uh, an elevator type thing put in there for Spring Awakening. Okay. I okay. Yeah. Okay. So when anybody, when did somebody have to float? I'm trying to remember. It's again. I've only been involved with the theater about seven years, so I, there's a history that goes well beyond my time. I, I think it was a hol- there was a holiday show where okay. one of the Christmas ghosts, I think. Oh, uh, like Christmas Carol, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Christmas Carol that they uh, had one of the ghosts floating in there. I mean, any time I know Jekyll and Hyde, they just jumped down from the attic. They use it because it's it's a big opening that's right over the stage, and you don't really, if you're sitting in the audience, you don't see the opening. Right, right. So it can get used for things like that. There's also a smaller opening, smaller trapdoor that never gets used for the most part. I, I'm sure it's been used for a couple of things, otherwise it wouldn't be there, but it's like this long, narrow, like six inch, six inches wide and like three feet long, I think. Okay. Something okay. like that. So some another interesting feature that I remember from having worked there is the way to get from the green room to the stage. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. I've done some other theater work in my life, and yes, when I arrived at the Barley Sheep and someone said, you've got to climb a really narrow ladder to get to backstage, and I thought, what are you talking about? And it's amazing. On either side of the stage, stage right and left in the back, where, again, invisible to the audience, Two very steep handmade wooden ladders yep. have been crafted to allow access from the basement, the green room, to get into or onto stage. And it, it works. It's yep. really something. And, and You kind of get used to it after a while and don't <laughs> think about it. But it's, yeah, it's a two-by-four ladder, which is like not – I wouldn't – it's not quite a ladder, but it's not quite stairs. It's somewhere between the <laughs> right, two. Right. Well, but, that's – it's kind of important to realize, I guess, if you were a newcomer auditioning there, yeah. you kind of have to be able to move around reasonably well to be able to... There, there have been instances because do a the, show there. Uh, the fire escape is also backstage, which is just regular stairs. The, the Obviously, though, that's outside. So there have been circumstances where if an actor is just not physically able to climb the ladders, there are people that have just like gone up there from the audience and sat backstage for whenever they're not on stage and then there have been other people that have taken that fire escape and the ladders weren't always there no kidding okay, yeah, the, okay. the, when they first opened the theater they used the fire escape for all their entrances oh wow from what i understand and I, I also think the downstairs bathroom was not originally there there's a bathroom in the basement that's in the, you know off the green room and i think it used to be only the bathroom in the lobby so that if any of the actors needed needed the restroom during a performance, they would have to sneak up through the front door <laughs> to go and use the one that's in the lobby. Well, so, that, yeah, it's got a lot of history and a lot of changes have been made. Well, there are there are more bathrooms now for the uh, patrons because there's mm-hmm. the one across right. from the, the uh, ticket booth and then there are, what, yeah, two, two upstairs? More, two more two upstairs. upstairs. So yep. there's like four total in the building. So one just for active. Yeah, for a building that did not used to have running water. Yeah, Four toilets, look mm-hmm. at that, you know, so... And, of course, we would be remiss, we've mentioned it before, but a very unique feature of the stage at Barley Sheaf is, tell us, Keith. 
right in the middle. Oh, <laughs> you know, there's this there's this rumor that exists that mm -hmm. there's structural, let's call it, oh, I don't know, maybe a pole that happens to exist on pole? the stage. What pole? Yeah, yeah. Pole, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't even see it anymore. And because the building is supported, it's older, there are a number of poles that run through the audience area where the, the seating is. And the structure of the roof requires this pole that's holding up some metal beam somewhere in the building. And But it's been a, it, it's a fascinating thing to watch how directors and set designers will create the illusion of that pole not being there, the way it can be integrated into the production or painted candy cane color or mm -hmm. it can be black with or wood covered or it's just fascinating it's been, it's been a tree several <laughs> times first show i directed there which was the one that, that jim did the uh sound for me on true west i added a second pole okay because one was just not enough <laughs> so that yeah there's it's kind of a joke with they all did. the actors and the and the production crews that have worked with it as glenn just said yeah. pole what pole, what pole? Yeah. so yeah. made it an architectural feature yeah and i know there are like People who are less familiar with the theater, when you just start talking about it, it's the one with the pole. Oh, yeah. That well, one. Yeah, the one. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> so it's a, it's a fun. And it's always fun to watch the directors, like I said, and set designers come up with, how are they going to integrate that into the next production? And I'm always... I always look forward to see where is it going to be, mm -hmm. even though it's. The and there are some the set designers move right, no, no. <laughs> but there are some set designers that really do make it disappear, and I'm surprised. I know, uh, was it? I can't remember the name of the show. I was going to say well, the actors wouldn't be too fond of that. Trailer Park the Musical had walls that just moved, and, and it hid the pole so well. And the way these walls would move, you couldn't really tell. Like, you f totally forgot about the pole. Okay. and I, I'm not describing it well, but... But Neil Simon, they did California Suite, and mm -hmm. that takes place in two separate rooms in a hotel, left and right. And again, the numbers of the room aren't important. But the way that the set designer created a separator wall with that pole absolutely yep. did worked wonderfully you didn't even know that you were looking at a pole which separated the yeah. two hotel rooms and that's that was done so. when i did lend me a tenor they did essentially the same thing because okay. it was a, a hotel two different hotel rooms i right. think right. So adjacent both, uh, once again right. yeah, adjacent yeah. hotel yeah. rooms and yeah it works really well for that when you have to when you actually want to divide the stage yeah. into two you've got a convenient spot right there right. it's Build tricky right. though because that pole is I don't know what eight feet from the front of the stage, if that. I think it's less than that. Less what's than that. What's interesting, and, and most people who've directed there will will corroborate this. The pole that's on the stage is not really the issue. I mean, yeah, you have to design your set around it. But as far as the audience goes, it's that first pole, the pole that's all the way in the front of the audience. That's what blocks your view. Mm. So that's the one that's a little annoying. But the one that's on stage is not not a big problem is, yeah it's never an issue for the audience no it's, it's, not, it's right. not a side issue it's the one that's because one of the best places to see on stage is if, if you're standing like pretty much like a foot behind the pole everybody can see you <laughs> it's it's bizarre it's really counterintuitive but mm. when you're standing behind the pole that's when you're most visible because the audience is split to the left and the right right yeah it's it's set up as a proscenium stage and then there's a sunken in area and mm. it's all just loose chairs yep Correct. Kind of. Correct. It's almost like a black box in that section it, of it. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it called a black box, but technically that would be if we moved the audience around and that kind of thing, which has been done That's to some extent. <laughs> they, they've done, like, productions on one side wall. Yeah. They did, uh, what Chess was the one was that? last year? Oh, two years ago. Two years ago. Uh, Starcatcher. Peter and the yes, Starcatcher Star did uh, In yeah. the Round. Uh, oh, really? Which, yeah, it worked really well, too, because they kind of had... The mast of the ship was one of the poles at one point, and it, it, that worked really well. Uh, 
So it's somewhat versatile, but most of the time it's just a standard proscenium. This is weird because I'm like, because <laughs> I know as much as I do about Barley Jim and I've been there a long time. I sure. almost feel like Jim's interviewing both of us. Well, but. <laughs> well that, good, because you can cover in all the holes that <laughs> I don't have. So I'm a transplant, so that's all good. Yeah. And I, rec I can recall maybe one or two shows I saw there, they, they kind of set up ramps or walkways for actors to use along the sidewalls occasionally yep there's there's a couple there's a couple ways to use the stage and they, they have what i would call bump outs if you will which create extra space to come forward and then they have the ramps for either side of the house they're typically done on the right side of the house but that that of course reduces the number of chairs that right. you can sell tickets for of course which is always a challenge i think but there's a minimum right that there, they can do yeah there is a but it also allows for much more creativity with musicals and big casts because you can intersperse folks mm -hmm. on these ramps and forward in the, right. into the stage area so they allow for more versatility when you have sort of the titanic for instance which had this right. massive had cast like both ramps and it had both yes exactly both ramps running up either side and when you have a cast of 80 people or whatever mm -hmm. the number was. Wow. 72 It was huge. Yeah, I think it was about 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, what I, that's what I recall. And, and But it's great because then they're singing on the right and left. They're using it to come and go off the ship in this case. But again, you shrink the house dramatically by three chairs on either right. side. Did they, they ended up adding performances for that one too because yeah. I think the whole run sold out. I mean, because right. you're doing... I couldn't even get tickets. So yeah. I only had... I saw it in, in pre-production. I didn't okay. even get to see the show because it was sold out. Yeah, so. I, I, I did manage to see it and I remember when it got voted in I, I was one of the people who was rather skeptical and I'm going there's no way they're going to get this many people on there and have it look good but uh, they pulled yeah, it they, off they really did yeah, pull it, was it off great. It, 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 was, it was impressive so. what is typical seating capacity the standard house if you're not using ramps and not using the bump out stage stuff is a hundred and two no I got a little more there's around 110 110 yeah. I would say yeah I gotta but think about I think it goes it. as low as about 85 if you put everything in so. I, they've got like standard arrangements they can do left ramp right ramp center ramp which is not done too often and then there's two different stage extensions that, that like Keith was saying there's little things that you put on the front of the stage to make the stage three feet yeah longer I think there's feet. one that's a foot and a half and okay. one that's two and a half okay something like that so you lose either one or two rows in the front and then with those side ramps, you lose the, the side rows. 85 to yeah. 110. Yeah. There you go. So, around there. so there, yeah, the size of the theater allows for, for a lot of versatility when it comes to that. And again, the other shows that really take use or make use of those things are the children's shows because the organization does a lot of outreach to teens and youth. So we have a whole children's series that's done every year and in the summers typically. And again, those are larger casts because they involve a lot more youth and shows are bigger so they mm -hmm. get more kids right. so again and of course the challenge with that is you got moms aunts grandmas and cousins and sisters that all want to see little billy and little <laughs> yeah. little louise on stage so that's the reason i never i never actually have attended any of those shows because i feel like i'm taking tickets away from somebody right, from some grandma yeah, yeah exactly exactly you mentioned the teen show and the children's show so in looking at the general season structure there are pure there are typically five main stage productions in a correct correct in a season. As I said earlier in their history, they used to do three and the children's thing that traveled around, and now it's a full five-show season. That's their standard, which they, is really only about half the season, though. The, the main stage is only yeah, half. right, exactly, well, exactly. That was that was what I was finding looking right. at the website. So there's five main stage shows, I'll call them. Right. Then there's a holiday show. There's the one-act festival. There may be benefit shows. 
than teen show and children's show. So exactly. The house kind is of a lot busy. going on all year round, pretty mm -hmm. much. Absolutely, and it, and it's the the way the creative scheduling goes. It allows for all of that to happen on the on a flow basis, and exactly. So it's much bigger, much more involved, as you said. You just you keyed up on stuff. The holiday production, which is not part of the main season, is is done again. They wedge it right in there in December, and they throw on something, and, and that blends usually adults and youth in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. They kind of do a thing happening there, and then the summer is very busy with the youth programs, and there's still some children's workshop programs that happen, and. And the group is also does a lot with, with raising money, and it's a strong emphasis on family and community. I don't know if we're going to want to go into all of this in this partic particular production. Well, we certainly can. But, but I, I'll jump it there. You guys can take it out and chop it off and mm -hmm. add it in. And, but with that, with the community and strong f emphasis on family, uh, and there's, the holiday show typically has a fundraising element to it as well. So during the holiday series, they do fundraisers, uh, baskets, drawings, raffles, and they name an organization that they'll donate the proceeds to for that. And then, as you mentioned, again, Jim, we have a benefit show, which is completely outside of the entire regular season, but it's typically done for a good cause. And it's written by a local playwright, or it could be someone wants to put on a show that they really love and want to do, but they raise all the money and 100% of the proceeds typically go to that a nonprofit, a charity, or, or, charity yeah. or a cause, a need, a family that needs some support. Again, the group is really wrapped around helping folks, and yeah, they're often it's often local charities, so it's it stays within the community. Absolutely, yeah. and and the group is is even done one for the family of a one of our long long term members who passed away, and they actually mm -hmm. raised all the money and, and donated to that family who, who they left behind. He when he passed away, he left behind two young children, his wife, and again, it was just a beautiful thing to watch how the community rallied around this individual so and uh, a couple other events related to community outreach that were mentioned on the website were uh, you do food drives yes the holiday show will typically do something uh, around that or sometimes and again in the fall they'll do a food drive and a fundraising thing where people can bring canned goods or mm -hmm. bags of stuff and again all donated back to local food banks or, or other organizations that are looking for that too so and I also saw mention nursing home visits. You know what? There haven't been any that I can remember in the, my the short time here. The kids and teen oh, shows. Okay. Uh, okay. And they, they did it again this year where they'll, they'll go around to, uh, to uh, as you said, local nursing homes and that kind of thing. Uh, and they will perform like uh, bits of the shows that they did. So, uh, yeah, they did it Great. this year. Awesome. So you can cut out what I just said because I never did that. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Half half the time, we don't know what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> yeah, <no>. half. <laughs> wow, that's, that's generous. That's generous. There you go. There you go. Well, half the time, Glenn doesn't. The other half, I don't. Yeah, there you go. So at some point, there's always somebody that doesn't know what they're talking about, right. but it doesn't stop us from talking. <laughs> so what strikes me from my recollection of shows I've seen at Barley Sheaf over the years is it's quite a variety. You have uh, shows more family-oriented, kid-oriented, and so forth. And then you have more kind of adult-themed kind of shows, too. You know, more, a little bit more thought-provoking, I, I suppose. I'm thinking of, like, the God Committee. Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. The group does like to do a diverse array, if you will, or a variety. And, again, the themes of the kids' shows are usually ones that the kids can wrap around. But yes, there's a musical, which is always in the in the mix every year. Okay, and so, so one musical a year. It's a it's a minimum of one. A minimum. Used, uh, one up, main up stage. Until, well, guess. up until recently, there was a minimum of two musicals, but they had been finding it more and more difficult to find musical directors. Oh, really? So they yeah. they cut back the required minimum to one. So right. they okay. have to have at least one, but some seasons there are still two. 
Right, right. Depending on if the directors come forth that yeah. that submit. So and, and what the uh, the availability of the rights and, and the production and what's voted in by the membership. By the membership, That's, exactly. Yeah. So which we can talk a little bit about. But yeah, the, and they, so they typically do a drama or a murder mystery gets thrown in there. There's usually a comedy that will, you know, Neil Simon or some other one that, again, appeals to folks. It's funny you brought him up the second time. He just passed away. Yeah, I know, I know. I We heard that when we were away, so. I found out maybe a couple hours the ago. Law, he was in his, he was he was like, like 91. 91 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. long life. And yeah. he certainly has a, a huge body of work that he left. Quite called. a legacy. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I've been in probably four or five different Neil Simon shows over I, my life. I yeah. can say the same. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, my first A pretty common occurrence in yes. community mm-hmm. theater. Yeah. Well, yep. California Suite, you already mentioned. So right. That was, that was one right there. But my first production with the Barley Sheaf Players when I moved here to Pennsylvania was with The Dinner Party, which was a Neil yeah. Simon production. So that was that my that's how I got introduduced to the Barley Sheaf Players. And that's players. where I met you because so. I, was, I was in that as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly where I met I, was, I had actually forgotten that was Neil Simon because it's not really a typical Neil Simon-esque absolutely different like, it's very yeah. different from mm-hmm. his regular sort of genre as it were so yeah. so yeah murder mysteries are thrown in there comedy a musical and and every now and then one of those uh, you know again Moliere you know they'll do they'll do something outside mm-hmm. of the, the mainstream so mm-hmm. but but of course for a community theater it's always tricky because you want to be able to balance the ability to do stuff that will bring folks in because you need to be able to sell tickets, right. make the money so we can take care of those falling apart ceilings in the attic. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, there are directors who want to do productions and work that get audiences thinking and a little bit more intriguing and get you kind of walking out the door talking about heavy stuff or really cool things or make make you see things that you might not have thought about before. And that, that's always yeah. that's what theater does. Yeah, Jim and I have discussed when, when selecting a season and when building a season, you kind of have to get that balance between stuff that an audience is going to want to see and stuff that directors and actors are going to want to do. And, you know, there's certainly a huge overlap there, but there are extreme points on both sides where something that's a really challenging acting or directing piece and something that, you know, diehard theater people are really interested in might not be something that's going to, you know, put the butts in the seats. Right, right. And it's some some days, again, you got to pay the rent. So. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but occasionally I mean, you get an overlap because I guess, for example, the show Spring Awakening is, mm-hmm. well, kind of mature content, but it's been adapted a lot as a teen show and has become yeah. very popular in that capacity. It has. Right. Well, it's all, I mean, it's it's a, it takes place in a school, right? Most of it. So I believe that Technically, it's supposed to be teen actors to begin with. Right, right. School age, yeah. Teen yeah. characters. Right, but right. Yeah. Yeah, which I suppose could be portrayed by 80-year-olds if you really want to go in that way, but uh, it would be an interesting production. Be an interesting casting choice. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it would. Oh, i think about that one. Uh, well, we're at a point right now where perhaps we should uh, divide up. We can uh, certainly do that, continue this uh, continue discussion, discussion in our next episode. Well, great. So, meantime, thank you for joining us Keith and everybody that's listening. We'll be talking to you some more very soon. Great. It's been my pleasure, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on the show tonight. I All appreciate right. it. And uh, tune in next week for a continuation of our discussion with Keith Chamberlain of Barley Sheep Players. Until then, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And you've been listening to The Backstage Show. The vocalized pause is not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, that wasn't even vocalized, just a pause. When I did, um, I am doing really bad at remembering show names, and I'm gonna cut me trying to remember out of this, but uh, the opera one, what is it? Oh, uh, let me a tenor. Yeah. And now, a look at the weather.